My dearest faithful listeners, I need you to close your eyes with me for a moment. Think about your love of video games. Think about all the memories over the years that you have made playing them. And then, if you can, imagine playing a game while a tobacco-chewing leprechaun repeatedly spits in your face and stomps on your feet every waking moment you attempt to fly your spacecraft. Yeah, that's this game. And if that sounds fun to you, I truly believe you do not understand what a good experience is, and you need psychological help. <laughs> well, there's that. There's more than a 0% chance I would recommend this game to someone, but it's not much higher when Star Fox 64 exists, as well as Star Fox on the Super Nintendo. Play those games. They're great, if not fantastic. Though if you have a Wii U, or if you own the game and want to try it, know this. I enjoyed my time with it. It's just standing on sturdy shoulders. Let's talk about it for a bit. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we answer the simple question, is this video game worth your time? That's a negative. (laughs) We know where Larry stands after that intro, and yeah, that little side bit right there. My name is Michael. I am one of your time rabbits. There's a rabbit in this game. Time rabbits. Time rabbits. Keeping you hopping along or skirting the path, you know, something like that. <laughs> I'm actually going to be very fascinated to see how you continue to adapt that name. Yeah, but as you, you just introduced me, I'm Larry. And yeah, I don't like this game. <sighs> I'm just going to put it simply. And But I believe there's a fascinating conversation to be had about this game. Excellent. So we should probably get into the meat of it. Larry, how long did you spend on this game? (laughs) This is the ironic one. I feel like our podcast name fits this very well. Michael, I spent 21 minutes and 13 seconds playing this game. (laughs) And I think you watched me for the entirety of that time. (laughs) I forgot. You played this a lot. (laughs) That's a very very small bit of time. (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing too is I believe for the first half the time that I played it, we didn't realize my controls were inverted. The motion controls were inverted. So I initially would have rated the just controls for this game like negative five out of ten. Oh yeah. Now they're like my sensor bar on my Wii who was <laughs> flipped upside yeah. down. So was, oh that's it, what it was. It was a little yeah. it was a little wonky, but oh but, so that didn't help anything, but how, you beat this, right? Yeah, I played through it in two different sittings. So I completed it on the main campaign and then I played through it on arcade. So oh, I, I don't know because I wanted to. So I completed it. took me on those two playthroughs, so playing through it twice because Star Fox replay value is really high. So it it took me five hours, 36 minutes, and 59 seconds. That also includes four out of the eight training missions, main game finish, arcade finish, like I said. So replayability is definitely the key, but that's how long I spent on this game. (laughs) Yeah, If there was a video here, you would see me just staring them down like replayability is the key in this game? Really? Okay, Ugh. I had to give both scenarios a shot to see if there's no. I appreciate your yeah. dedication. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. I, this is what I do for all of you out there: play through games like Star Fox Zero. <laughs> so we should talk about the history of it and history with the franchise. So I've played and finished every mainline game in the series that has come out on consoles. I have not played the Command on the DS, I believe, but it's on my list. So don't worry, Larry. Well, I think I, I was very worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> I think you've only played the N64 I beat, one. I beat the N64 yeah, one, that's that's, but that's my freaking only. Freaking great game. Freaking great. Is that, is that considered potentially like the best one? I think so. I think that one and Super Nintendo probably. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I beat that one. I I absolutely enjoyed it, which is why I was excited when this was on the list. This was one of the games when you kind of let me know you wanted to do this. I felt like you were excited for me to try this, knowing I was not going to like it, I think, <laughs> I which do. is kind of cruel. <laughs> <laughs> I do get like that every once in a while. I don't mean to, but it just kind of mm. kind of happens. So Star Fox Zero came out in April 22nd. 2016 here in the states a day later than japan developed by nintendo and platinum games and published by nintendo mm, i love me some platinum games yeah how's this platinum game working out Not this one <laughs> so i got a fun little quote according to miyamoto star fox zero isn't a sequel but not strictly a remake of the first game hence the zero in the title this is from nintendo life damian mcfarren i think this itself is one of the major problems of the game for me is we've done this with Super Mario 64. We kind of did it with the Super Nintendo. Like we've done this initial setup and story. We've all been to Corner a bunch of times, which Corner is awesome anyway, so it doesn't really matter. This is my quick bits, but we'll get to that later. Why they are not trying to continue some lore or build new lore, I don't know. I don't know why we're trying to retread everything that's happened before. This feels like a universe and a war. I mean, clearly you travel all over the place. It feels like you just should be plenty of lore you could expound upon. Expound? Is that expound. No. no expand. <laughs> I mean, expound yeah. also works. Yeah, expound. But not, not, yeah. But not in that essence. Yeah. Star Fox lore isn't that complicated, but they keep trying to grab the glory days of Star Fox 64 and Super Nintendo, and I think that's probably probably the problem. Probably why it isn't selling as well and all that jazz, which we'll get into. And just because I know it's not either A, a prequel, or it's not totally a sequel since some alternate reality or alternate dimension i'm already going in with negative feelings which is not a good sign so if you had to rank the story out of let's say one out of 13 because I, I just can't do one out of 10 it's ridiculous it doesn't make any sense so one out of 13 like a seven so okay like i like the basis of those i think i think they messed up andros in this one where in the first couple of games he was Such a cool name i know Dr. Andros. He was, did a bunch of scientific experiments inside Corneria, and then eventually he was banished, arrested, and sent to Venom where they thought he was going to die. In this one, he's just... That's where this game should have went. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. So in this one, it's like Star Fox's father, James McCloud, which is such a great name. Hmm. Star Fox McCloud, James McCloud. He just can't go wrong. It's, like it's, it. it's punny, but it's great. In this <laughs> one, he trapped Andros, supposedly in like a different dimension and that's what this whole game is kind of building towards where he's creating this teleportation device to get himself back and all the armies of venom with him but i just don't see how in the old games james mcleod gets ambushed by uh andros and all his enemies because pigma is with him it's pigma and peppy and uh james mcleod and pigma betrays him but in this one you're saying he got betrayed Andros knows he's coming, and then somehow he traps him in a different dimension. It makes no sense in my head. Oh, I I mean, I would get that, but <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Every time I hear you say James McCloud, the idea that it's a fox just cracks me up. I, I, I'm, fine so with, I'm fine with Peppy. <laughs> I'm fine with all those. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. I know, but for some reason, James McCloud is a fox. Just That's kind of awesome, but goofy at the same time. But that storyline mechanic, like there should be so much you can do with that. Maybe yeah. it's a little tropey. Every space game on planet Earth or TV show and movie does something with time and all that. But you should be able to do something. Yeah, it with can it. be really pretty cool. It could be because I liked 
the previous iteration, so any change, I'm kind of like, eh, don't mess with it because it worked out pretty well before. Yeah. But Larry, are the controls as bad as everyone says? Okay, so obviously I let you guys know about I had the inverted flipped freaking sensor thing that screwed me up. But I was trying to decide what it was that I hate about the controls in this game, and I think I figured it out. And it was, for me, well, first of all, the literal worst thing in the game is the flying in a game that all I'm doing was flying. And I know there's That's other vehicles. the worst thing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally could not stand the flying in this game. But I think I figured out why. It's because of the two-screen mechanic. So, and it, it should work, but it didn't in this game for me. So when I wanted to always look at the TV, because to me, I could actually fly and not run into things looking at the TV. But your crosshair was way more responsive looking at the Wii U pad. Correct. And so what would tend to happen is I was constantly going back and forth. And every time I was looking at the Wii U pad, because I cannot multitask, I would then bump into something that I did not notice from the Wii U pad that I would have easily noticed on the TV. And that combination, then with the freaking inverted, the, just the controls, just all of it, the fact that it should work with the motion controls. Do you I, think it's kind of intuitive where you can aim the so, Wii U somewhere yeah. else and shoot something no, behind so inside you? That, I believe, should have been fantastic. What I noticed, and I did a little bit of research, you can eventually fly a slow-moving drone in the game yeah. later. And from what I saw, gyrocopter, that, I gyrocopter. Okay, I think it's what it's the con- yeah. So the motion controls of this game, I swear, were designed for that vehicle because it looked like the gameplay I saw. It was perfect for that. Again, twenty-one minutes and thirteen seconds. The reason it's that <laughs> is I I stopped. I could not handle playing it anymore. I, I made it five hours. It's fine. Again, you are a stronger man. <laughs> <laughs> I could not handle this, and so yeah, for me. Yes, the controls are bad. I suppose if you're a little more comfortable with motion controls clearly than I am, there's probably definitely some room to make some headway. But it kind of feels like at least a common idea is the controls at least at maximum aren't great in this game. I'm not saying they're not probably as bad as I'm making them out to be. Correct. I would agree. But I don't think they're something like futuristic and amazing. Do you think you would have gotten used to the controls if you put the time into it? You didn't want to, obviously. Yeah, I mean, in theory, yeah. And I'm not going to force my brother to play games if he doesn't want to play them. Yeah, no. I, well, well I'm going to force him to play games at least a little bit. But Yeah, no, no. It, it, I guess just as a PSA out there, this is not the norm. I'm not going to play a game for 20 minutes. And my goal is always at least an hour or two and then hopefully finish. But I, I just, I'm telling you, I, I just couldn't do it with this game. And yeah, could I? Yeah, but I would not be having fun. <laughs> getting used to it therefore i'm not going to put myself through that i would rather go just play it on n64 i loved that game i don't need this one yeah and i think that is its greatest flaw is building the controls from the ground up thinking of the wii u itself so they wrapped this game around the wii u completely and i think that was i i get that they want to try that because that's kind of it's a new system they want to go all in on it and they're like star fox is going to be the game that utilizes every aspect of this and it could have been good, but it just was not in that regard. Did I get used to the controls? Yes, I did. I, def- I definitely did. Would I have liked another way to control this game? Absolutely. And if they poured this to the Switch, would it do better? Probably. Well, I, mean, I, I don't just, know. Just on a sales number of <laughs> yeah. devices. Yes. Uh, Nintendo can be very good at making seamless integration with gimmicks. I don't think this was one of those times. You know, sometimes they, they get... 
they get that that gets in the way of them. Well, I, I do feel like they always need to have a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> they always need to have a gimmick. Yeah, there has to be something. And usually the gimmicks are passable or they're frustrating. And this one, they lean more of the frustrating. And I'm patient. I play a little games with different controls all the time. If you're out there and you're thinking you only play modern games with modern controls, you're never going to want to go back to this game. But if you're in the retro area, I mean, whatever considers retro now, it doesn't really matter. But if you jump from system to system, different control inputs, then you'll be fine with this. Yeah, I think just for me, if they could have figured out, I maybe could have even gotten used to the motion controls had there not been a need for me to constantly jump back and forth between the two screens. And I understand totally need to for some reason for me, I could never get the crosshair to work properly on the TV. It just it worked so much better on the Wii U. It definitely did which is the switch if you could find a way to combine those two features i'm sure it's significantly more playable but without it i just i can't i can't yeah and the problem is i don't know how you make that game how they developed it and some of the things they did i don't know how you make it for the switch but if they try go for it i'd well, be okay with it i feel like that's a natural jump off point though so you sent me a question mentioning about the wii u sales what were they for this game I don't have an exact number for you, but they are the record lowest sales of the franchise in Japan, specifically on launch. And it's significant. I remember looking at a graph like N64 one was, I don't know, three or four times higher than this oh, one. So, yeah, okay. it was it's significant. Uh, do you think that has to do with the Wii U itself or the game itself or a combination? Well, the Wii U had a total of what? Was 10. it 10.2 million or something? 10, yeah, like I mean. So even if you had an attachment rate of like, and Nintendo does have a couple games that have unbelievable attach rates for their consoles and their systems. But even if this game, it's a Star Fox. Star Fox isn't going to be a system seller by any means. Even if it had like a 20%. 13.56. So I get okay. it. So it's crept up a little bit. Yeah. But still, I mean, you're talking about like, didn't the Switch just hit 103 million? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, just in order that has to 100% be one of the reasons why it didn't work. My hunch is because of how uh, just clunky the Wii U pad was itself. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I actually think it was pretty cool, but you can see now that they've trimmed it down to the switch, how much more convenient it is not to have this giant lugging thing around everywhere. Yeah, very plasticky and cheap feeling. Mm-hmm. And the so you had to drown. So yeah. the f- <laughs> switch, so could, the switch stay could fly af- or stay afloat and then fly. There you go. Yeah, I suppose if you're drowning, you don't necessarily know how to fly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably swim. swim. I do want to say, though, if you're thinking about the controls and the sails, I mean, you probably don't have a Wii U laying around, but maybe you do and you want to pick it up. After playing two iterations of this game, I don't think I could still grab hold of it and still, like, use it completely uh, masterfully. Oh, it, okay. It would take you a little while to Yeah, I would still need to go back and train myself again. So it's not, it, it's not intuitive, which is the major problem with that game well so then this would be my key takeaway and again this is a you question that i'm just gonna use because i'm actually more fascinated in your response than mine because you have more history what now that we see these sales plummeted star fox in general if nintendo ever wants this franchise to be larger more important to them what is it that that series needs to do going forward and i'll kind of combine it with mine that i kind of leapfrogged on with your question is does it need to have a switch up? Does it always have to be a flying game? Could you try some other stuff with these characters? Or do you think flying is a key component of the series since that's all it's ever really been? Well, 
there is Star Fox Adventures on the GameCube, which okay, is a I did not know that <laughs> third person platformer style. That was I think it was supposed to be I can't remember the exact details, but it was supposed to be a game called Dinosaur Planet, and then they reskinned it with Star Fox, which seems that really, feels like which is really a little strange. But yeah. I played a little bit of that. Maybe I'll get back to that someday. Maybe on the show. I don't know. We'll see. In my opinion, it just seemed very odd that they were doing that. Yeah. And I'm unsure if any of the other crew, like Peppy and them, are in it. No idea. I didn't get very far again. So my gut answer is just remake N64 again. But that also is part of the problem with Zero. I feel like this is a remake of 64. Okay, so take out the going on a different genre. Just if it has to be space-based, is there any games you've played within the last 5, 6, 7, 10 years that you think could adapt in the correct way to like a Star Fox style? So there was that game that came out. I can't remember the name off my head that had like Star Fox as an expansion character set, which I never played. I own somewhere in it kind of looked to me like a modern day Star Fox. When I figured that whatever that is, maybe I'll have more analogy for that. I think what it needs to do is strip away the gimmicks, keep the on rails shooter again. Cause I think one, we don't have a, many of those games as it is now. And I think if it's done right, it's, can be very very fun i'm okay doing land sections like the land master tank i think that thing is awesome so i'm okay but not on foot i'm looking at you assault assault was not good in my opinion and i do want to chime in because you did just kind of refresh something in my brain there the on rail sections of the game i thought that is where they do shine slightly better when they give me free roam, especially like the boss fight that I did, and I just... Dude, all, I loved the all-range sections, but could. I love them from N64. <laughs> I, I thought they were good in this game, but yeah. But to me, the control... Like, no, I think they would be fantastic if the controls were good because the controls are so crappy. I just... Uh, I think they also need some kind of other mode or another smaller game included, which is funny because Star Fox Zero came with Star Fox Guard, which is a separate game. They got them bundled together in the special edition. I just don't know what it is. I could see having the on-rail section, having leaderboards again, competing with your friends. I could also see doing multiplayer, deathmatch stuff. And I think it just needs one extra thing. And I don't know if that's like a story-based... Do they need to go... Do you want them to stay just more funny, fluffy? Or would you like it to see them a little bit more focused? Because I feel like when I look at a character like Wolf or something like that... Super cool. It feels like maybe there's room for them to get a little more serious. Yeah, I mean, the game does get some touch of seriousness, you know, dealing with the death of his dad, Venom. But that's what I'm getting at is have a game that from beginning to end, maybe have the lighthearted touch funny moments pop up every once in a while, but have it be a little bit more of a mature game. Not like rated M, but just... Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I think we kind of get that with Metroid and a little bit of the Zelda here and there, even though Zelda's pretty kooky which I love for it. And Lars is a Zelda hater, so it doesn't matter. I know no. he's a Star Fox hater too, so he's just he's becoming a Nintendo hater. It's fine. Uh, but the thing about this is I don't I don't know what it needs to do because I love Star Fox 64 and I love the Super Nintendo one. Star Fox 64 is the best in my opinion. But a game like that, is that going to still sell in today's market? Wait. Okay, I'm an investor. Sell me on, you got something a I see. roguelike star fox game mm, there okay. you go. I, I mean, mean roguelites are huge i mean by the time this came out it'd probably the trend would be gone but if you could do something like that in a different package so there's different modes you have the main mode the on rails you have a roguelike mode you have multiplayer do they have a roguelike flyer 
I'm sure they do. There's so many games. I know. I'm there. just saying. I've never played unique. one. Yeah, I've never. I'm sure there's one. people. You know, all eight listeners listening to this. I'm sure they're screaming. No, it's blah blah. This game and that game and that game. But that would be unique. That's not a normal thing. When I think of roguelike, mm-hmm. instantly I have like a couple games that pop into my head. None of them. You fly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new thing. Flying roguelikes. All right. I don't know what Star Fox has to do. What does it have to do for you? Well, you, what does it need to do as a series? I mean, you're not really encapsulated in the series to begin with which i think that's the that's the tough part right this is why i was more interested in your response because for me star fox just the entire cast of characters there's nobody that really captures me i've never been interested i thought the n64 game was just a good game this isn't a series that i you know am like oh man i can't wait for the next one so for me to have them try something new, I think would be just such a big change up that maybe it's not Star Fox anymore. If you're a diehard fan of Star Fox, you want yourself a good flying game. You want all the quirky dialogue. And I respect that. I think they just need to clean it up. They need to fine tune it. Maybe actually have a development cycle where it's like, you know, a three year development cycle where it's clean the entire time. They went in with exactly what they needed to do and just have it come out on a switch, a good selling platform where i think you could probably expect like a million two million in sales maybe now that's i think that's also another part you look at that chart if you just google like Star Fox sales overall franchise is steadily going down like mm-hmm. and there's never been in a change up to that so from the top seller down to this last one it is gradually a slope so well, you know what they could also do is they could go the mario route and i don't mean making it a platformer but i mean or in the Nintendo route in general, look at like Mario created Mario and Rabbids. They tried something new over there. Metroid tried Metroid Dread. I mean, you have... I mean, that's just a 2D Metroid game. There's plenty of them. Oh, okay, fine. But what I'm getting at is like you have I'm some of Nintendo like... Guy here. I know, you are. You have the ability to branch out and do something a little bit different. And I think that's maybe something they need to do. You know, Zelda going from 2D to 3D... Just try something, switch it up a little bit in today's market and just give it a shot. If you make the Star Fox game and it doesn't sell well, you're probably not expecting it to do that well anyway, so you might as well take a chance, take a risk, do something. That's true, because I feel like if they just do a normal Star Fox game and it doesn't rock stellar sales, it's the franchise probably dead, Oh, unfortunately. Yeah. Which which is why... I to me, Star Fox. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's I'm not the one that figured this one out, I guess. You need to find that answer. So you did ask me... In the questions you sent me, with the cast of characters within Star Fox, could you ever see them trying a platform-style game instead? Which, again, I didn't necessarily know that there was a reskinned version of it when I asked that question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's why but I pointed out. For, yeah, from beginning to end, if they were to do one. That's yeah, I have no idea if there's actually flying sections in Star Fox Adventures. Maybe there are. I have no idea. Honestly, Fox's moves from Smash, I think, could be a lot of fun in a, like a 2D side-scroller type of game. 2.5D maybe, or even a 3D one. I mean, I just, I worry that it's not the right move. Mm. Though I would be willing to say you worry it's not the right move, but you just kind of proved your point. You said every game that has come out, the graph's going down. Gotta change it up. I mean, you have this cast of characters, and I could see them being on the sidelines, kind of like when Mario, Mario, you don't have to bring them all with you, right? You can just have them pop up in a level or at the home base or whatever it is. Well, because that's the interesting. Nintendo has a weird... You know what? I could actually see it working. Because yeah. think about it this way. I just thought of this. One of you things you said about Star Fox, the games, you go to a bunch of different planets. Mm. So what if they shave that down a little bit, but you went from planet to planet, so they're a little bit bigger, kind of like more like... They have like a hub base. Yeah, exactly. It's your ship. 
Yeah. So that's my thought. You go down to each level, kind of like Super Mario Odyssey, how you fly from one thing to the next with your little hat ship. And then you could do a level that size, maybe a little bit bigger, have very little side missions here and there, but you still have a main objective to each one. Yeah, and then Peppy could have like a frog farm. Why? I don't know. I just think that would look really cool. You could have a whole bunch of like cool waterfalls and... I don't I, I, Would Slippy be I, in that farm? Slippy, not Peppy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Peppy. I was like, why is the <laughs> why is the rabbit having frogs? Wait, no, he would probably... No, rabbits don't eat frogs either. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, Slippy. Uh, Again, I'm not a Star Fox expert. Yeah, exactly. And I think you could still do... Plat- maybe you would throw in some air wing, R-wing stuff, you know, fighting in between the plants. Or oh, you get, yeah. Or maybe you, like, Star Wolf invades you as you're going off the planet so oh you, you know what could be kind of cool is you go down to planets to get upgrades to upgrade your ship because you can't get to certain planets because there's blockades of enemies it's basically super mario odyssey yeah so you need to is but you super mario odyssey yeah that's right right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded wrong when it came out i have no idea why this is the nintendo fan uh but no you also then like you fight on your ship in real time to get mm-hmm. to unlock the barricade of enemies that are floating around the planet. Are you not platforming in real time? <laughs> Just like what? no, 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 what, what? no. But in Mario Odyssey, you oh, don't gotcha, fly gotcha. that. I, I see what you mean. So this would be like the next level Star Fox. So it's like a it. combination of a super flying Mario, platformer, Super Mario Odyssey, and like No Man's Sky. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, no random generation. Let's yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be very specific. You could levels. randomly generate the space portions of it so the enemies just randomly pop up all over the place there's always just like free flown and then flying. there's like select big boss battles mm. all right yeah so that's what i would do if i was a developer i know i like you're, this you're welcome i think this is a fantastic idea uh somebody make it and just give us a shout out in the credits name and that'd be great bits of time we, ju- we just want one percent the profit that's it i don't even want one percent just put my name on the credits be like this i don't is like all. star fox so i in order for me to attribute myself to it i need one percent <sighs> you don't have to take anything that's okay <laughs> <sighs> fine 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 that's fine this is why we work see how quickly you compromised that was fantastic. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> that's pretty sad i'm sorry all right so the stats i'm going through a quick one i died a total of eight times i failed one mission i had 1770 hits Completed 11 levels, and I got 19 of the 70 medals. 1770. 1,770? Yeah. Yeah, the way you worded that. Uh, I'm pretty sure in your five-hour time, you died eight times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I probably beat you <laughs> in my 21 minutes. <laughs> so let's get on to the quick bits, unless you got another question for me. Nope. All right. Corneria is awesome. It's always awesome. Andros is trickier in this game than past iterations. This is also due to how this game controls and the gimmick of the fight. So he's in like force field prison that you have to fly around in the weird kind of open range, but it's like almost like it's a 2D side scroller, but you okay. go around and then you have to turn into a walker, go through these little holes, drop down and then fight him. And it's freaking annoying because then he blasts you back out. You have to do the whole thing again, dodge a bunch of beams. It's, it's actually really annoying. Most of my deaths are on on him. I do like that there is other vehicles and stuff to play. I just didn't get to experience any of them. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I enjoyed the Mother Strider boss fight. While oh, you're on what was that? Mother Strider. Mother Strider. And it looks like this big, giant, mechanical spider thing. Okay. And you're in the Landmaster of the tank, and I love the tank in this game. I mean, I love the tank in every game. I just think it's fun. It does the little side rolls and fl- floats. It's just cool. I did. Well, I saw a gameplay of that one. That looks cool. 
the best boss battles in the game are whenever you fight your rival team, Wolf, Pigma, all them. So all range goodness, which you do not like. But when you're fighting, I love that in 64. I love it in this game when you're just, there's enemies everywhere and then you have to find the rivals and shoot mm. them down. Yeah. It's just that style. Just, I love it. I want more of it. I can do that in every single level. Well, in the game we pitched, there would be a lot of that in between the planets. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I like that rival side characters are still in it. So you have Pigma, Leon, Andrew, and Starwolf, just like I said. Those were some of my favorite addition into the 64. They might have been in Star Fox 2. I can't remember. So it's always nice to see them return. The new transformations of the Arwing aren't as cool as I wanted. So you have the walker. It's kind of clunky. You can kind of do this cool backflip thing that turns you around quickly. I think that helps with because it's so slow at panning in this game. Mm. Uh, the gyro wing is a bit tedious. I did get the name right. Did I call it the gyro wing earlier? I think I did. It's a chance. Yeah, and you drop off your this little Android to hack stuff. It's kind, of, it's kind of fun. It's You get these stealth elements in so the game. So you didn't like the controls of that one, or you just didn't like the vehicle? It's just a bit tedious. I did not like it. It's just a, a little annoyance factor versus fun factor, and you have it when there's a bunch of stealth missions, and stealth missions aren't my favorite. So mm, Gotcha. And Landmaster always rules because tanks are cool. And I already talked about changing the plot lore of Android being sailed away, blah, 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 blah. It has this shiny plastic feel that I kind of love. And don't love at the same time. Like, the game looks good for a Star Fox game. It also just has a strange art style. And I can't decide if I like it compared to, like, 64 and stuff. Yeah, I guess I would say, at least from my brief time with the game, I I, I never complained about the graphics. I didn't necessarily think they were all that bad. This game came out in 2016. Yeah, I don't think it's going to age crazy well. And I think it's already started taking a hit. I, w- I would didn't complain about it, but it's also perhaps I just hated the controls so much I didn't really even think about the graphics. Yeah, I think overall it's a good game. You're wrong. <laughs> but it's okay. We can disagree. That yeah. is the beauty of this. So there you have it. Space is a vast place, and there are a plethora of options of planet types that a talking fox could wander to. Time works funny in space, too, and going back to an origin isn't always the smartest bet, especially if it's not exactly clear what timeline we're even trying to get back to. If Star Fox Zero was a planet that we know, it could be Jupiter, a big undertaking to enjoy and mainly filled with little substance to grab hold of. Jupiter is pretty nice on the eyes. Star Fox Zero can be, but doesn't mean it's worth your time getting caught in its gravity. Though Michael still found enjoyment, Larry thinks it's a heathen, Fox and crew, I hope your next adventure is out of this galaxy and shines bright because we need you. Okay, I mean, I need you. Come back bolder and better and don't let it end like this.